When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everyone, and welcome to today's episode of the Professional Book Nerds Podcast. This is Jill, and today's episode is an interview I did with the hilarious and delightful Helen Ellis about her new book, Bring Your Baggage and Don't Pack Light, which is a collection of essays about friendships and growing older. Helen has been on the podcast before. Um, We love her. She's hilarious, and her um, book is so good, as is everything else she's written. If you want to get a hold of us, you can visit our website, uh, professionalbooknerds.com. We are also on Twitter, Instagram, and now TikTok at ProBookNerds. And you can always email us at professionalbooknerds at overdrive.com. Big Library Read is still going on. And this Wednesday, July 7th, is our live interview with SF Kosa, where we will talk about her book, The Quiet Girl. Um... And you can, there's still time to register, so you can visit biglibraryread.com for more information. There's a discussion board on there if you've already read the book. And there is, of course, still time to check out um, The Quiet Girl Without Waste List or Holds from your library's Overdrive site. I think that's everything. It's very short and sweet today. Um, If you're off like we are for the holiday, I hope you enjoy your time off and I hope you enjoy this interview I did with Helen Ellis on the Professional Book Nerds podcast. This is Jill. My guest today is Helen Ellis, author of Southern Lady Code, American Housewife, and Eating the Cheshire Cat. She's also previous podcast uh, author. We've had her on before. And she's a big Libyan Overdrive user as well. I remember we spent a lot of time talking about that last time. Her latest collection of essays is Bring Your Baggage and Don't Pack Light. Helen, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you so much. I was just using my Libby, my Libby this morning to put uh, Malibu Rising on hope. The new Taylor Jenkins read. Yeah. Yes, I have to tell you, I have no idea what it's about, but the cover has drawn me in. <laughs> we, so. yeah, we mentioned that on our June audio, our June book pick episode from last week. It's like, a society family is having a big party and there's lots of secrets from what I remember Enjoy all of those things yes that was my <laughs> thing <laughs> yeah yeah I'm very excited for that one and but it does have a really fantastic cover that just yeah you're like I want to be wherever that is that's yes, great yes yes um so can you start by giving our listeners a brief introduction to bring your baggage and don't pack like So bring your baggage and don't pack light really stemmed from a grown ass ladies trip I took to Panama City Beach with four of my friends since middle school. We've known each other for 40 years and we did a similar trip 10 years before that um, for our high school reunion that nobody went to. (laughs) Uh, And so we got together and it was a moment where I realized how proud I was 
of our friendship and of what some of my friends were going through. I had one friend who arrived, um, you know, with her sunscreen and sun hat and a bad mammogram uh, mm -hmm. diagnosis. Um, and I had another friend who arrived really reborn in a second stage of life after having getting out, having gotten out of a bad marriage and remarried and um, was really just soaring to new heights. And I was so proud of how both of those people were dealing with things. Um, and then we took a couple of other trips um, that sort of revolved around my friend surviving that cancer. Uh, and that's where the idea for the book really sprang because um, the book is about longtime friends, dear friends who accept each other exactly the way that we are. Um, you can come with all your baggage, whether that's um, literal <laughs> or <laughs> away bags, <laughs> whether that's, um, you know, uh, drinking a little too much when you're away from your kids, whether that's, um, you know, being uh, afraid of driving and therefore always sitting in the back seat, which would be me. Um, whatever the baggage is, literal or metaphysical, you know, we accept each other just the way we are and we encourage each other um, like we did when we were 12 years old. Uh, can I just say, if you're the one like in the back seat, I feel like your friends must be just like amazing. <laughs> As, and I write about in the book how for 20 something years, I've been taking an Atlantic City bus to, Atl to Atlantic City to play cards because my husband and I do not know how to drive. Um, you know, if there's a zombie apocalypse, I will wing it. But uh, that's a little bit of baggage that I, I carry around in that uh, I'm always in the backseat. <laughs> that's okay. I mean, you know, if you live somewhere where you don't need to know how to drive, that's fine, I think. Yeah. Fine. Um, I, yeah, you know, it's funny. I was interviewing another author this morning and we were talking about those friendships that you have that are very much like the ones you're talking about. I was saying how, you know, especially in this pandemic, there are friends where, um, it's hard to keep up with text messages and sometimes with people, but to have those friendships where it can be like weeks go by and I just like years send a quick, yeah, or years go, go by. by and you can just like send a quick little message and you don't have to apologize for being like, I'm sorry, it took me so long. Or, yes. you know, if they don't respond right away to you, you don't, you know, worry that they're like mad at you or whatever. And so it's having those same, friendships is so important. And it's the same friend where you can see them for the first time in 10 years and spill your guts, things yes. you wouldn't tell people you've known who are in your life every day, but you know that you can trust those. I don't like to say old friends, uh, <laughs> your dear friends, your you childhood go. friends. Um, you know that they can keep a secret. And again, they're always going to be on your side. It's never. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's funny. Um, I was supposed to have my 20 year high school reunion last year. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. So I am of a certain age. I turned 40 this year, which is just weird to think about, but also sort of like where my childhood friends and I are now and everything that we've like gone through. And, you know, like you're talking about like showing up with a bad mammogram or people like relationships ending, getting divorced and all that stuff. And just like still having those people in your life who will just 
be like, oh, let me carry some of that baggage for you. Yes. If you yes. Need it. yes. <laughs> this yeah. is the good side. Oh, this is the other side of 40 is the good side. <laughs> That's what I've heard. <laughs> the older you get, the less you care. <laughs> uh, yeah, I stopped caring within the last like couple of years, but I, oh. I have heard that about, yeah, like getting to 40. And um, so I'm, I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> um, you know, one thing I always love about your books and your essays is you're just so like open and transparent. You never seem to hold back on really anything. Thank you. Well, I'll tell you, that's like you were just saying, the older I get, um, the easier it is for me to be, I guess the word is vulnerable with what I tell you. I think uh, that Southern Lady Code was the first time I wrote nonfiction and Bring Your Baggage is the second time. And I, I think I'm even more open with, with this book. I'm kind of learning how to do it as I go. But really things in the book are things that my nearest and dearest friends already know. Um, so I think of readers as, you know, good friends. <laughs> and I know, I know that you would never, you would never judge me or at least not say it on Twitter. No, no, never. <laughs> you can judge me in the privacy of your own home. Just don't do it. <laughs> yeah, I would you, never judge you. You're going to say you something not so nice. Say it behind my back. I beg of you. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There you go. Yeah. that. Yeah, you're going to say something that nice. I don't need to hear about it. Go tell somebody That's right. else. That's right. That's right. Who has a problem with the false compliment? Not me. Not me. <laughs> Not at all. Uh, I do, you know, like, so we are, obviously, this book is coming out, um, I don't want to say towards the end of the pandemic, but we are not at the beginning of the pandemic anymore. So like there's a light at the end of the tunnel. There is a light at the end of the tunnel. Um, so what exactly, like, have you been keeping yourself busy during the the pandemic? Gosh, um, (laughs) that comes to mind. I think about the beginning of the pandemic and I was finishing this book at the beginning of the pandemic. So that kept me busy. And then it was ironing. I started ironing. I ironed everything and listened to audiobooks. I have such a memory of listening to um, the Southern Book Club's Guide, Guide to Slaying Vampires, yes. Which I thought was so well read and such a fantastic book. You have to skip chapter 15. And I have such memories of just ironing the sheets. I have given that up. I've cooked everything. I have given that up, although there is a meatloaf in the oven right now. Um, but uh and now uh, I'm happy to admit that I have a new book deal with Doubleday and I'm writing a new <sighs> book of essays all about marriage. So talk about intimate. <laughs> uh, yeah, I remember, I think last time we talked about your husband a little bit and like. <laughs> I live with my muse. I live with my muse. Uh, and the thing about when I, about writing is, or writing the essays, which I never expected to do um, is everyone starts with, I have to tell you about this, whether it's, I have to tell you about how brave my friend is, or I have to tell you about how my friend had a baby at 50, or I have to tell you about how I went and got back alley Botox, you know, with my other friend, you know, it's all stems from me saying, look how great she is. And with the new book, it's going to be, look how great my husband is. (laughs) He's pretty cute. He's keeping the cat in the other room. No, I mean, that's a, that's an important job. That's an important is, job to keep the cat in the other room. Working from home. You know, he's a newsman and he's been working from home all this time. So it's been really fascinating for me to see 
you know, the election coverage um, and every other story, mm. you know, just on the other side of this wall. It's been fascinating. Yeah, yeah. yeah I imagine. I imagine. Um, clearly, you probably have not been to Atlantic City playing poker in a while. No, I'm so sad. I am thinking about the next time I'm going to play live poker it will probably be the World Series. And that's usually where I am right now, because um, it usually happens in Vegas, May, June, July. That's not happening now, but they've scheduled it for the fall, October, which is perfect <laughs> for Las Vegas. <laughs> that is, um, yeah. But I haven't played live poker since January of 2020. Um, I played a lot of online poker this year, which I never did before. Um, and I've sort of had to change my whole game because usually part of my game is looking the way that I do, which is very, you know, innocent and online. <laughs> so I've had to, and I can't see anybody else because I'm such a person who reads the other person. Sure. And, uh, and I think about going back to live poker and I really miss it desperately and from what I've seen there are like plexiglass dividers between every seat um which is not so bad because you know those are very crowded tables and usually mm-hmm. I sit there for hours with two strangers knees touching my knees <laughs> um but uh yeah I miss it I miss it terribly and I may I, I wonder if I'll get back on the bus probably <laughs> I'm not, I have to say, I'm not coming out of this um, any more dramatically concerned about germs than I was going into it. <laughs> I mean, you know, you know, you know, you know. <laughs> one, thing, one thing I always wonder is sort of like, you know, when you, so you have, you know, this book is about friendship. Uh, your next one is about marriage. Like, how do you decide what stories go in there? Because I'm sure you have a lot to choose from. That's a good question. When I was writing Bring Your Baggage, I didn't know what was going to go into it. Um, I had agreed and happily agreed to do another collection. And I remember sitting with my editor at lunch one day saying, I don't know what I'm going to write about. And she says, well, just write about what we've talked about for the last hour of lunch because we would have lunch and I would say oh my gosh we went to see Teresa Caputo at the casino it was amazing or oh my gosh you know my girlfriend just had a baby and I was right there up close and personal (laughs) or um you know things like that uh so really those things came to me uh they just presented themselves to me like in the in the new book I had my first colonoscopy this year Um, and let me tell you I need to tell you all about it. <laughs> so usually it's something that just pops up. Um, and then you start, I see a theme emerge, you know, uh, and that was what I kept writing about was, was women of my age, women pushing 50 who won't be pushed around. And uh, uh, that's just what my, what my life is full of, of is good close friends that I want to brag about. <laughs> They don't mind you bragging about them. I no, if you're in the book, you come off well. Like that's that <laughs> you come off very well in the book. <laughs> but I, I mean, I think it's just you know, there's something about you know, like I said, you're very you like you never seem to hold back. But the fact that you can take something like a colonoscopy or any of these like <gasps> other things that you write about, and you're like, this this sounds yes, I would like to read this essay, please. It's just <laughs> that that's a skill that. 
I feel like not many people have. Well, thank you. Well, you know, I, they say laughter is the best medicine and it really is true. Um, you know, I come from a family who always, you know, has a, a joke, no matter what the dire situation is. And like my friend Vicki, who was going through cancer and a double mastectomy and um, radiation and chemotherapy and, and so much would call me and say, you know, just make me laugh. And, and that's, that's how I could help. Um, other people helped in many other better ways, <laughs> but that's, you know, that's what I can do. <laughs> I don't know if I would say better. I think that's a very important role to have as that friend that somebody can call you and be like, I just need someone to make me laugh. Yeah. 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 Thank you. I, and I need the same thing. You know, I, I just watched, uh, you know, I watch a lot of comedy specials um, and I just watched Bo Burnham's new special inside. Have you seen this yet? Not yet. Not you yet. need to watch it. I think it's, you talk about what people write during the pandemic. I, I thought it was so well written, but then it was such an inside view of his creative process. I thought it was just fantastic. And it makes, when I see something like that, it makes me want to do better work or he's that vulnerable vulnerable. It makes me want to be vulnerable. Same with, I, I read Samantha Irby's new book at the beginning of the pandemic. Actually, I didn't read it. I listened to it because she's mm-hmm. such a oh, good she does the, yeah. narrator. Um, she's such great. She's such a great, has a great voice. And, um, and it was such an alleviation for me of, of tension. Um, and again, I see her be that vulnerable and I think she can do it. You know, I can do it. I, everything was pushing 40 in that book. And I thought, well, let me tell you what happens in 10 years. you know and like it's I think you know would you say like did you set out do you think to write comedic or things that are funny or do you think that's just sort of like what your natural voice was I think it's what my natural voice is but my motto with every essay is be funny be honest and be kind um, I think there are a lot of ways to tell stories and, um, I think, you know, a kind way, just because you're kind doesn't mean it's not funny. Just because you're honest doesn't mean it's not funny. Just because you're funny doesn't mean you can't be taken seriously. Um, you know, there's something to be said for that spoonful of sugar makes medicine go down <clears throat> and, um, it's, you're just going to find more people pay attention I think if you're if you crack a joke or two I just can't help it (laughs) I I mean for like 20 minutes I've been talking to you and can't stop laughing so I guess that's you're not like intentionally trying to you just sort of yeah you have that that natural if I was intentionally trying to I would have worn my cat ears from last time (laughs) that's that's right yes we were talking about that before about how when we interviewed yeah I was at ALA or something and yeah you were wearing cat ears I had once years and years ago like I'm a lady who put a hat on and years ago we used to have for years we had a annual Christmas party that included a lot of my husband's newsroom staff and he had a new um you know, I guess boss, if that's the right word, and coming to the Christmas party for the first time. And he asked all the staff, how will I know who Helen is? And everyone's like, three people told him she's the exact opposite of him. <laughs> and he walked into the party and there I was with a huge like um, a peppermint fascinator on my head that someone had brought me as a gift. And I put it right on. Uh, so that's how you, you spot me. <laughs> I'm happy to put a 
Put a hat on. <laughs> Put a hat on. Yeah. So you mentioned, uh, yes, Samantha Irby. You mentioned, yeah. So like, what other audiobooks have you been listening to lately? Well, I'll tell you. I just listened to Sharon Stone's new oh, audiobook, okay. and I like. And she was a terrific reader. Again, I, I when I hand sell that book which I do hand sell because I think it's an outstanding opening chapter and I think it's well written and and uh she has that lady has been through quite a lot um and I think she's 63 wow uh, and looks freaking fantastic um I say listen to the audio um because it's just going to be so much better um I'm trying to think of what else I have said listen to the audio about um anything that i believe her name is Marin ireland she read nothing to see here she read in good company you know anything she reads and and rebecca loman reads or Dor- dorothea um not dorothea dorothy billingham blue who read a couple of stories on american housewife anything they read i'm going to listen to no matter what the book is um uh because i i always have an audio going although I do <laughs> sometimes you listen to an oldie because yeah I'm in this plastic trashy book club where we read Sydney Sheldon and that sort of thing and you'll listen to these books that were recorded you know 40 years ago and I swear you can hear like the lozenge in the person's mouth <laughs> and a pages flip and a cat in the background um so <laughs> they've come a long way they've come a long way <laughs> they have they have actually speaking of, yeah, I really like Bonnie Turpin, who I think Ooh. did do the Southern Book Club's Guide to Slaying Vampires, yeah. which you mentioned. Yeah. I will so listen to many voices she had to do. Yeah, she's really good. I love pretty much anything, anything she does. But I do agree that if you can get a book like Samantha Irby's or Sharon Stone's where the, the author narrates, it's I read my own. <laughs> See, like, so got to get the audiobook of yours. See? Uh, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I love it. I love to do it. Do you like, did you do it just such, actually, this is a good question. I've never, I don't think I've ever had um, the authors who's done their own on the podcast before and we've talked about it, but do you do it at your house? Like, did you go no, to the Lord. Um, So for Southern Lady Code, I went into PRH offices where they have a whole floor, but this time, um, because of COVID, I went into another studio and my director who I had requested from the last time, cause I thought he was so terrific was facing me on like a screen in a recording booth. And then on the other side of a window was the, you know, recording person, Okay, yeah. <laughs> two, you know, like two <laughs> men <laughs> and I'm reading this book about menopause and sex and <laughs> All these things, and I swear the two of them just blushed and blushed and blushed the whole time. Um, oh. I I love to do it because you know I know how it sounds in my head, um, and when I write, I really do write like I talk, uh, and so I want I want you to hear, you know, to hear my my tone and my timbre. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. How long did it take you to? I mean, you. You didn't do it in one day or anything. Yes, did I did because apparently I'm a natural. <laughs> wow, that's no quite impressive. No um, I did it, I think I read it in like maybe five hours. And that includes wow. like, includes, uh, you know, like a, I can never say the word Massachusetts, <laughs> you know, or certain words I have trouble with. Um, so I had to like, he had to sound it out for me so I could say it 
I still didn't remember it. Um, but the book, yeah, just just one one day, and and I loved every minute of it. <laughs> that wow, that's quite impressive. I'm. That is very impressive. Call me if you need anything. There you go. There you go. Maybe you could like make a living as like an audiobook narrator on top of it. I tell you, I can't. Like I go back to that that in good that good company book I just read, and one of the characters did voiceovers uh, for commercials and characters, and I thought that sounds like a lot of fun. I would like to do that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, so seeing that people, you can read Helen's book, and you can also listen to it, and more for delightful yeah, southern take accent. Ro- take, pack your bags and take a road trip with your girlfriends and let me yak the whole way <laughs> there you go um so I always love talking to you and you're one of those people where I'm like we could talk for hours but life <laughs> <laughs> so as a final question what do you hope readers take away from reading bring your baggage and don't pack late I hope readers take away hope uh because this book was started with reunions of friends. And that's what I'm looking forward to the most. Um, I think about being in real life uh, this August at the Mississippi Book Festival and my two friends from the first story are coming over from um, Georgia to meet me there. Um, It'll be the first time I've seen them since. So I want readers to take away the hope for seeing friends, the hope for continuing long friendships and the hope for a day where we can all sit around on big uh, unicorn inner tubes and drink (laughs) pina coladas. That sounds delightful. Is that just me? (laughs) No, no, I'm all there with you. That sounds wonderful. Well, (laughs) Helen, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you for having me. Always a treat. Readers can sample and borrow the titles mentioned in today's episode from Overdrive.com, and our library friends can purchase these titles in Marketplace. Professional Book Nerds is proud to be an Evergreen Podcast signature program. To learn about other Evergreen podcasts, visit evergreenpodcasts.com. Our podcast is produced, recorded, and edited by Adam Sokol and Jill Grunewald and presented by Overdrive. For more information, visit professionalbooknerds.com. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.